0: Happy Tuesday, everybody. This week, Jamie and I, oh man, we talk all about art. It's so fun. We dive right into how we do art in the Montessori classroom, how important it is. We touch on how to do art during quarantine and how important it is to just get away from that screen. We share personal experiences. Oh, it was so fun. Art is so beautiful and I think, you know, we both had really positive experiences with it. Not that it didn't have its challenges. It's it's also, it's difficult to make make it be a perfect system, but you know what is. So we hope you enjoy. It's going to be great. I don't know if you know, but we have a Patreon now. So you can go over to patreon.com and you can become a patron of us today. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So Patreon is just a way for... Listeners of podcasts or supporters of artists can support the art that they love with getting something back. So that could be extra content. It could be a consulting session with us, you know, any of those sorts of things. So go ahead and check that out. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Sapling Supply. I talked about Sapling Supply last time and um, they're just so great. They're a wonderful Montessori furniture company. They make furniture for all age ranges. So go ahead and check them out. It's www.saplingsupply.net with a dash between sapling and supply. I will link it at the bottom. They're just fantastic. And since you guys listen to all things Montessori, thanks by the way, you can get 10% off anything site-wide if you use our promo code ATM10. Again, you can get 10% off anything site-wide if you use our promo code ATM10. Hey
1: Rachel. Hey Jamie. How's I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm
0: great. I'm doing really well. I I've told you. I think I'm doing this yoga teacher training, um, and I I just had that this past weekend. Um, yeah, it's cool to learn about. It's cool to be a student again, right? And to be learning how to be a teacher in a different way. It's cool. It's really neat.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. How's your day going?
1: It's going well. We've got stormy weather here, and which is kind of nice this time of year to yeah, totally. be cozy inside mm-hmm. and, uh, and all of that and see all the leaves blowing around everywhere. I know. It's so beautiful.
0: It's so beautiful, which is, you know, it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today. Beautiful things. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. Because we thought we'd delve into uh, a discussion of um, art and and different ways that you can do and incorporate art in your work with children.
0: Yeah. And I think it goes without saying that children love art. It's kind of like how most, most likely children love animals. I find that the same with art. Um, even the ones that maybe aren't particularly... Gifted at drawing or or what have you, there are, are options for any level, and I find that art is really popular in the classroom.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah. I mean, and especially if we can uh, really nurture and keep alive that love of art yeah. and that connection to art, because um, because sometimes the children can start to lose that mm-hmm. as they get older. They, they get a little more inhibited in their artistic expression, mm-hmm. you know, partly because they become really focused on, you know, n- realism or naturalism. You know, they want it to look like a photograph or something right. oftentimes, mm-hmm. right? And that can get them to feel like they don't want to do art as much. That certainly was my own personal my own personal yeah. experience yeah. as a child. Um, and so it's it's really important to be sure that we're uh, giving them a wide variety of ways to ex- uh, express themselves through art and and giving them skills so that they can do it in a realistic manner, but also helping them to see there are lots of ways that art is expressed.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And kind of having those options be, you know, they can be a lot of different things. Um, you can make, you know, a flower in a lot of different ways. You can make a flower using a lot of different types of art materials. Um, You can uh, sketch an animal realistically, or maybe you can create a a different sort of animal, or maybe you want to make a sculpture of it or or something like that. I think um, art is a really interesting place where you can find different strengths of yours that maybe you didn't know before. Um, Me personally, I really liked art when I was young. And then I was either told by my own brain, because just like you said, Jamie, I wanted it to be really good. Or I was told by somebody else. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just decided that I wasn't good at art at all. I couldn't draw, couldn't do it. Um, And I never, never took an art class again. I remember always saying that music was my art. Um, which whatever it's that's true, I guess, but um, not until I took Montessori training, lo and behold, um, that I got some art lessons and learned <laughs> how to draw and realized I can, in fact, draw and do art. <laughs> I just had been afraid of it. And I think that that can definitely happen in the classroom, specifically with children who might be a perfectionist um, perhaps a child that gets a lot of feedback either at home or in the classroom, you want to be careful of, you know, complimenting too much, almost saying, oh, that's beautiful or, or you know, things like that. It's good to give feedback, but giving more constructive feedback like, oh, yeah, look, you drew that plant, you know, instead of being like, that's so
1: amazing.
0: That can kind of mess with their head a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, I, and I, I think they... um it is really natural for children to, to become pretty critical. But again, that's where we just have the opportunity to, to, you know, help them develop skills that are going to going to support them when they get to that point. Um, Yes. Yeah. And make sure that art is part of, you know, the whole classroom experience all the time. It's, you know, in general, like, it can be great. Uh, some schools have art studios, which is lovely because there's a big space to make a bigger mess. Um, but yeah. that shouldn't be the only place that art happens in the school. That should just be the place where, you know, you've got a little more space to execute larger projects or something. But art should be happening throughout all every day in the classroom. So it it, it you know... I never had an art room at my school, so I never had this issue. I had, art just had to be in my classroom no matter what. Um, but it it has to just be a part of the daily life. So, you know, it's going on almost all the time by somebody in the classroom.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that whole process of the cleanup and the setup and, you know, how to do art in a contained space, I think is a really good lesson. It's a really good teacher. Like, if we're going to make a mess... You know, it's a beautiful mess, but we have to know how to clean it up. You can't just leave your watercolor out, you know, for everybody to see without, you know, washing the brushes and putting the paint back away the correct way and and cleaning up any spills or anything. Um, And that goes into the whole Montessori uh, mentality of care of materials and that whole respect comes into play there. So I think that's almost equally well, I mean, it's (laughs) not as equally important as art. But I think that process of taking care of the art materials goes hand in hand with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's tremendous, you know, sort of practical, you know, responsibility that has to emerge, you know, if we if you leave, uh, paint in the in the brushes and it dries you know you've really damaged the brushes and that right. means that you might not be able to use them again uh you know so there's some great clear feedback that children can get or build responsibility in in a mm-hmm. lot of the work that we do um that we do with with art which is great um a great sort of side benefit of the art activities i remember once in my classroom. Um, I had a group of children that were going to, I don't know, I'd talk to them about something and they decided to build a house out of clay or different types of houses out of clay, which is great. You know, we had clay on the shelf and they could always do it. But I looked over, you know, I was working with some other children. I looked over once and they were on a t- at a table on the carpeted area of the classroom
0: mm.
1: without an underlay and, you know, clay this was natural uh you know clay and if it gets in the carpet it's like impossible Mm. to get out and apparently (laughs) my response was really quite memorable to these girls I must have I was I was kind of like you know no no (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah so they joked with me that the rest of the year because I was so emphatically responsive to that situation, oh my gosh, but they definitely <laughs> remembered to um to do clay on the on the tiled area where it was easier to clean up, and they mm. would make sure to tell me they were doing that every time they did. Oh, after, of course
0: they did after that oh point. <laughs> gosh, that's so funny. It's so typical. I'm not surprised at all. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but that's a great. You know, they'll never forget that because you know they know they they through your response while it m- <laughs> might have been louder than you intended <laughs> they you know they learned that um oh clay gets stuck in the carpet maybe they didn't know that you know they probably had no idea um, right. and and they're going to remember that for a long time which is which is great so let's sort of like break down um the younger elementary and then into the older like where you can go with art um so we can talk about like where to start right because you know it's not like they haven't been doing art. There is art that happens in the primary. Um every primary classroom I've ever been in has an easel station. Um and there's painting. What else is there in well oh there's metal insets which I guess is not exactly it's a just it's a blend of many different things. Um what else is in the primary that that happens?
1: With art, there can be any number of things that the children have experienced in art. They can right. do some work with, with clay. Um, they might have had some exposure to um, finger painting and, like you said, easel painting, um, collage
0: yeah collage uh, is mm-hmm. another
1: art activity that the children might and that you can have different types of collage right like it can just be a uh, paper collage but you can also bring in other um other things uh, materials for collage um they might do some um rubbings or some charcoal drawing mm-hmm. or um making um making things out of pipe cleaners or other things like that. Um, you know, there's no end to some of the exploration that they can be doing in art in, right. uh, in the children's house. Right. Right. And
0: a lot of that I think is to have the experience. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Right. It's not, yeah. we're, they're not really worried about the precision or maybe the skill that they're learning. Um, uh, but it's for that love of art, the experience. And then, and then I think when they get into the elementary, it can just continually go deeper. Um, And I think, and this is just what I did, and correct me if I'm wrong, I started with like the basic principles of art. um, And then I kind of went from there with maybe seeing where the interest was, seeing what they needed to work on and seeing what was going to, you know, tie in with the rest of their work. That's sort of what I did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that we want to, we want to give them like techniques for Mm -hmm. how to use art materials. And then we also want to expose them to sort of the key principles and um, elements of art, you know, so that they start developing their eye for some of those things in art as well, you know, so that they can look at, Some elements like line or shape or, you know, space or color or something like that. So, yeah, it's a kind of combination of how we, you know, how we um, how we give them some experience with these with these different ideas, but also the actual techniques like not just hand them some clay and say have at it you right know? Right. <laughs> um, right but give them some techniques so that they can be effective in their use of clay
0: because while art is a complete artistic uh, expression and there is room for complete exploration with that I think what you're saying Jamie and what you know what happens teaching them those basics and the techniques is just going to um you know build their skills and then they can go deeper um i have had to it, it took a lot of um patience on my part and uh, a lot of direction with the young ones coming in um from the children's house uh, when they're young in elementary because they just they love art already and they think that they've got it all down well that's just been my experience you know and th- i got a little bit of resistance cuz they just wanted more 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 But when I kind of did keep them with some boundaries, um, their love deepened and then it got got even better. But it just it took a little bit of like, okay, well, let's let's take a step back. We're not going to just do free drawing all over the paper. We're going to learn a concept today (laughs) and then we're going to go from there.
1: No, I think. I think that's really uh, key—is giving them some some direction or or ways to explore. You know, they may they are going to be interested in drawing and a lot of doodling and things like that, which certainly has its value. But you could bring to their attention then, if they really like to do a lot of drawing, you could bring to their attention, uh, you know, an an element of art like line. Or mm. um, or shape, you know, and, and space or how it's used so that the children could start thinking about, you know, like what are the different kinds of lines that I like to use in my drawing um, and how do those lines look and feel? You can help them connect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're making a zigzag line, you know, what emotion does that provoke? Like there's any number of things you can start to explore, yeah. um, to kind of hook them in, even if they are just doing a lot of drawing, which sometimes can seem <laughs> from an adult <laughs> perspective, less constructive. Right. Um Right. Yeah. So, and, or bringing in, um different types of pencils so you Mm, can get pencils with different hardnesses um that can then the result on the paper is different so giving them a presentation on the different these different pencils and what you can do and how you know a softer pencil is gonna let you get it really dark versus a harder pencil um So, you know, exploring some of that with even just uh, graphite pencils can be a great way to to extend sort of what they're already doing.
0: Yeah, bringing up the pencils, I was just thinking about one really important thing. Um, All art materials are not created equally. (laughs) Um, And I think it's really important to have nice art materials in your classroom and um, they can get expensive. So it's not like you need to have an overwhelming art shelf. Um, I think actually it's okay to have limits on the art shelf. Um, But I mean, you don't want to go to Michael's and get like the $2.99, you know what I'm talking about, those like plastic um, things of paint like that. You know what I mean? Like like Mm -hmm. these little, you know, um, and with colored pencils. um, I think the feel of a really nice pencil is really important for their development with art. Um, and I mean, I use Prismacolors. That's what you guys recommended to us in our training course. And I I have since just once you use a Prismacolor, like I just can never go back. They're so amazing. Um, but, you know, what I'm trying to say, just like everything we do in the classroom, um, you want it to be nice quality and quality over quantity. So you don't want your Art shelf to be brimming with options, but these options may not be the best quality. So I think it would be far better to have less, but with you know greater greater uh, quality so the the children will continually have that respect for the material. And you can, you know, these are nice pencils, and this is how we're going to use them. you know, it's also showing them respect, but helps them respect them, you know, their art and then, I don't know. I think art is a subject actually that can kind of be um, brushed aside and not thought of as important, which is where I think you get a lot of these discount art materials um, because it seems like all about like, well, we have all these options and we'll do all of this. But um, sometimes I feel like then the importance of art gets lost along the way. Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think when you... um when you don't have quality materials, you don't get the results that you want to see. So the, you know, the pencil example, and there's, you know, a variety of different really high quality, um, high pigment colored pencils. And that's the one thing about like Prismacolor or something like that is that the it has more pigment, which allows mm-hmm. for richer color and and a better control over how that color gets onto the paper. So you can go lightly, and you'll get one sort of look and color. And if you press harder, you're going to get a different look. And if you use a lower um, sort of a lower quality pencil that has a lot more of the sort of binder that holds the pigment together than it has pigment you don't you can't like you can't make it lighter and darker you can't see the different yeah. impact cuz it'll just come out about the same mm-hmm. um and so that's the challenge you know and the thing about high quality pencils is they're expensive right no question uh they, they're um, over a dollar a pencil uh, US dollars these days i think yeah yeah um and because um, because they use less binder to hold the pigment together, uh, when they get dropped the the actual color inside the pencil can break, and then it can be a frustrating sort of situation of sharpening and sharpening and having yeah. not being able to get a tip so those things are challenging um but it is still worth finding a way that you can sort of have a protected source of high quality materials, you know, pencils and paints and otherwise, you know, on all levels. um, So that children really get the, not only the value of that high quality material, but the, they can see, you know, the potential or the possibilities with it. Um, So it's definitely a great sort of, um, you know, fundraiser or uh, holiday present for the class or whatever, you know, whatever resources you can tap into to um, build up the art art supplies to have some of those higher quality options available.
0: Yeah, Um, I found myself getting pretty overwhelmed with the art shelf uh, for a while because um, art materials, uh, they can be expensive 100 percent. And also art's really popular, So it's sort of like, oh, my gosh, how am I out of watercolor paper again? Or, oh, my gosh, how are you know, it's sort of like it's this money pit in your classroom. It can be. um, But that's where I'm coming into my point about just the just limiting a little bit. Um, Or like you said, Jamie, on another episode, you cut the watercolor paper in half. Um, Oh,
1: man, I cut it into like three by five pieces sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. I totally. cut it. I cut it small. I always had sort of a variety of sizes, but yeah. particularly yeah. when they're first learning some watercolor mm. techniques, yes, I'll I'll do that on small little pieces so that they can just practice the technique and not yeah. have to you know hang on to it. But it all, you know, it is valuable because watercolor doesn't behave the way same way on just regular copy paper as it right. will on right. paper you know created for for the paint um so it's yeah it's just it's it does take some thought especially when you have a limited budget Mm -hmm. to consider because there's so many consumable supplies and the children really love it so they they consume they consume the supplies yes Yes. (laughs) um but you know you can have it's a delicate balance between like you can say you know you can set out a certain number of watercolor papers a day and when they're gone they're gone Uh, But you also then don't want to limit it arbitrarily or too rigidly so that you, you know, children don't engage in that work because it's never, there's never watercolor paper or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's this delicate balance between, you know, providing a bit of a limit for the sake of uh, budget or otherwise, but while still making sure that that children have the opportunity to explore these different media, you know, that they don't that they don't exactly. miss out
0: right. Because art, as we've been saying, I mean, it is an equal subject. I mean, all Mon- all Montessori subjects, like we we put them at equal importance, right? It's not like we only do art on Tuesdays or, you know, on on Friday afternoons or something like that. Art is art is, you know, it's constant. It should be something that's available all the time. So, yeah, it's really important to just keep an eye on how much the materials are getting used, you know, is it working? Do you find that it's being overused, underused? I mean, any anything like that. Um, it just takes some observation on your part and it might not be perfect all, you know, every week or every month. <laughs> um, but I find too that there are just an ample amount of art lessons. Um, and we were offered quite a bit on the course, but I've, I've, I've made up a lot of my own. Um, One of my good friends is a artist um, and he used to be an art teacher. So he has all these like really cool old school art textbooks. And I remember when I was, um, when I was my first year teaching, he, he gave me, he gave me one of them. And I actually didn't look at it at first because I was trying to be very pure to my Montessori art album. And I was like, I can't look at anything else. I'm only going to (laughs) do what my Montessori training taught me, which I did. Um, but then I needed more and this book was amazing and had all these different painting techniques and ideas and it was it was awesome. And I actually found as I was looking through it, it was very Montessori-esque, you know, which was kind of cool. Um, so long story short, art has endless possibilities um, and there's a lot of things. Don't be afraid to make up your own art lesson. Um, right? Yeah, I mean, I will.
1: <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, I feel like uh, overall um the the training doesn't offer enough in art uh I know a lot of trainers are working on that, so i'm i'm not i'm not <laughs> being but i i just you know like straightforwardly like we we haven't it hasn't historically been something that is really well developed on the course, and so yeah. students uh really do need to you know, teachers need to develop more things. I mean, hopefully we'll have more stuff out there for you before long, but, uh, but also, yeah, feel totally free, uh, developing, developing more, especially around like, um, I think different techniques and then, uh, those elements of art that you mm-hmm. could explore. And, um, and you guys can Google elements of art, and you'll find the elements. And then also like the principles, you know, um, like balance and rhythm within and you know within art. So you can you can find out more about those as like key ideas that you can also bring to children. And there's, you know, all sorts of um, uh, interesting resources. I think out there for you.
0: Oh my gosh! Yes, there are, and there, I and I just think too like. Art will just, and this just happened to me. I, I kind of would ma- I would think about what the kids were doing, and then I would find a way to relate art to it, and then it kind of just wove this like beautiful thread throughout a lot of the work we were already doing. Um, and then sometimes I would be specifically giving an art lesson, and then I would be like, oh, it has a connection to this thing, and I don't know. Art is. I don't know. It's one. Of, I mean, Montessori's changed my life, not to get back on my soapbox here, but um, changed my life in a million ways. But um, it really changed my life in the in terms of art because it was something that I was really afraid of. Um, and it's what kind of makes the Montessori classroom so beautiful, like when they're making their follow up work or when they're decorating their work journal or, you know, those little snippets. Right. That's where, like, the art connection, I think, really comes alive. It's amazing.
1: Right. Well, and they can do, I mean, they can do, um, So many things. And, you know, when, when we think about follow-up work, um, Mm -hmm. it doesn't just have to be a written product and it doesn't even just have to be a two-dimensional product, you know, that, that when they get excited about something and want to pursue it and research it and create something, they could make dioramas, they could make sculptures, Mm -hmm. they could, you know, there's any number of, um, outlets that are really artistic, um, and then there's all the art that they can do with math and geometry. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started. <laughs> it is just the
0: coolest thing ever. The connection between math and geometry and art is honestly mind-blowing. Um, I never really knew that until I I became a Montessori teacher. But there is so much potential there. Um, I was just telling Jamie I gave a lesson on compass art last week. And uh, it is very popular. And I think it will continue to be popular forever. (laughs) Because I also like to do compass art sometimes. It's very relaxing and beautiful and hard and, you know, has to be exact. There's so much that goes into it.
1: Can you describe compass art for everyone, Rachel? Mm, Yes, I should. That's a good idea.
0: Because you know what it is. But that's a great thing. So Compass, like a mathematical compass, so not like a compass, like where are you going? Um, so, what you do with compass art? There's lots of different, um, lots of different ways you can start. Um, but one thing I like to start with a compass is not an easy tool to use. It's actually quite hard to get. The weight distribution, right, with the pencil edge and the pointed edge that needs to go into the paper. Um, It's hard to make an exact circle without kind of some mess up. So, what I like to do first is just have them practice with the compass, making some circles. Um, Then, sometimes a fun lesson that I kind of made up uh, we do a lot of circles on the paper, but then we'll have some of the circles overlapping, and then we can do a little contrast. Uh, art lesson and then the compass art that I'm talking about um, you can actually create I call them flowers Um, I don't know if that's right but you can create a circle with a compass and you don't change the width of the compass and then you put the pointed edge on the circumference of the circle and you're going to make these semicircles around the edge of the circumference I'll post a picture of it Um, and what happens when you do that as you move the pointed edge to each semicircle edge that you create, there's a cross section of the semicircle and the circumference. It's going to create petals. Um and every Montessori kid that I've given this lesson to kind of has a <gasps> moment when that starts to happen. Um, and then it can get more and more complex. You can make another circle around it. Maybe you make overlapping petals. It's really cool if you're doing this while you're also teaching the parts of a circle (laughs) in geometry, it can really kind of blend together, or maybe you're not doing that. It doesn't matter. I just so happened to be doing those at the same time, which kind of helped me, um, kind of just, you know, it crossed the subjects a little bit. Um, but we were using the right terminology. And we were talking about the surface parts of a circle and the linear parts of a circle. And then we were talking about the relationships to the circles. It's really awesome. <laughs> so that's my explanation.
1: Yeah, no, that. and you can go in so many directions, because it is yes. a part of like, um, uh, some geometric design and construction work that you can do it you can use it for mandala work if you're oh, yeah. building you know the the construct you know building the circle with the uh, with the compass, um, you can incorporate like straight lines and c- and curved lines. So uh, mm. with the compass as well. So there's a variety of like there's any number of ways. And I found, too, I think doing this kind of work with children that it can be for some of those children that are really, you know, think they aren't artists because they can't, you know, draw or paint a photograph. Right. Um, right. That it helps them because it it, it doesn't because it is art but it has these real clear um guidelines, guidelines and precision yeah, yeah. and that yes. it allows them to feel you know to get hooked on creating in that way and then of course you can bring in so many um art history lessons and mm, you know the yes. use of geometric art throughout the world and you know, um, like you can for any art lesson, like the history connected to it and understanding different movements and art and all of that can be kind of woven in as well as the geometry stuff. So there's no end to the fun. No, there's not. And it's
0: so connected to everything else that you do um, that it's just a really essential piece of the Montessori classroom. So I know it's a little overwhelming with, you know, materials and things like that. But I think even in a time, I just want to touch on briefly that, you know, we're in COVID right now and art, um, it's it might be tough to convey over a screen if that's what you're doing or distance because ideally sometimes when you're showing these things, you want a child sitting right beside you so they can watch what you're doing or, or you know, you want to be really, you know, you want to be engaged. Um, but I think art is so important. Right now, mostly um, anything that gets them away from the screen, right? right. I mean, (laughs) art is so concrete and immersive and it's using your hands. And that's just so important on so many different levels. So I just urge um, guides, uh, parents, anybody, um, just do some art. You know, it's really important and it's going to be, it's really great for, for a time like now.
1: And one of the key components to, you know, developing your art ability and skill and all of that is, um is just time to explore. Yes. And so it, that's something they can do while they're at home or whatever. They don't have to have all of that, you know, witnessed all the time. You know, it can be, I just think back to the first time I took a, a ceramics class and mm-hmm. I was like, actively avoiding the professor because I was, <laughs> like did not feel confident and was kind of embarrassed by my work at the beginning. And he just let me be. You know, these are three-hour classes, and I just explored and explored and tried things And it really did build my confidence and my understanding. And then I knew like I could go to him when I have a question. So if you can encourage exploration and then be available when children have questions or need a little guidance, that's all, you know, and if that means it's in a, in a virtual meeting or, or whatever, that's okay. You know, they can wait until they, until they can talk to you and ask some questions or get some guidance. So building that into, um, into the culture of classroom or distance learning, uh, or just being home uh, if you're mm. if you're homeschooling mm-hmm. or whatever's happening in this crazy year, um, remember the value of exploration that it, it, you could do a lot of exploration without producing anything usable, like the first ten or fifteen pots I tried to get off the wheel and <laughs> destroyed, or you know, I mean. They're gone. No one ever got to see them. I ruined them. (laughs) It's it's fine. But I learned a lot in the process. So. And that's
0: what matters. It's such a good point. I mean, that exploration, the patience, you know, trial and error. Mm -hmm. That's where it all happens. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's where they're going to learn. It's hard to learn when somebody's looking over your shoulder and judging you all the time.
0: Yes. Or not
1: judging, being supposedly helpful But it feels like judgment, you know, and we've all had that experience when we learn something new, right?
0: Mm. It's
1: like I, you know, when I am learning a new um, piece of software or something, like I just want the minimum amount of help. I do not want someone to tell me everything. I want to just enough to get me started and then leave me alone. So and I'll ask if I need more help.
0: Same. I think this is why I don't read. I Sometimes I just don't read the directions. (laughs) And this is so ridiculous. Yeah, because I'm like, no, because I'm like, I can figure it out. But I actually like the process of figuring it out. And I know the directions are there for me if they if I need it. And I usually end up reading them after I fail because I don't know what I'm doing. Right,
1: right, right. But that's, (laughs) you know, that's how a lot of us learn um, more than we learn from someone telling us what to do. So with art, it's great. I mean, let them do a lot of exploration um, as much as they can. And uh, and it's you can make um, even for clay, if you can't get clay, salt dough is a really great. Oh, um, and you can find recipes for salt dough. Uh, it's just flour and water and salt, I think. Love it. Um, but it dries really well, too, you know, so that children can, you know, construct something and have it when it's. I and mean, how
0: fun. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Doing stuff with your hands. Love it. So everybody get out there and do some art.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> have fun. It's such a fun, it's such fun work for so adults fun. and children.